Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. And it's so nice to have you. And if you're new to me, well, hello. So great to have you here. I'm a weight and life coach, and I work one-on-one with women who are really ready to figure out what's actually going on with their weight struggle and their weight going up and down so that they can reach their goal weight and have freedom around food, really feel like uh, they're in control or they're in charge. I don't really like to use the word control so much, so I tend to use the word in charge. And that's what this podcast is all about. So today we are talking about self-sabotage and how to embrace your inner rebel. So let's talk about freedom around food, as I mentioned. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to feel free to eat or not eat and have it be within our power. And often we find ourselves acting against ourselves and what we want. And we don't even know why it keeps happening over and over again. It feels like it's something outside of our control. And if you're finding yourself rebelling against your weight loss plan, then stay tuned (laughs) because I'm going to teach you why this is happening and how to fix it. I know for me in the past, when I ever decided to start on a weight loss plan, doesn't matter what it is, I almost instantly felt the urge to overeat. It was like automatic. It was as if my body sent an alarm to my brain that restriction was coming and I needed to bulk up on food. And then when I finally did uh, start my plan, I felt as though it was almost a punishment, like a punishment for overeating or like a punishment for not having the body that I thought I should have. So living like this is never sustainable and it's why we quit, right? It's why we give up. And as humans, we value freedom. And if you feel like you're being controlled in any way, your natural impulse is to rebel. I think it's natural and I think it's healthy too. That's totally okay because there are ways that we can use this to our benefit, to help us in our weight loss efforts. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So we're going to talk about why you're self-sabotaging, how to create a weight loss plan that you won't feel like you need to rebel against it, and how you can make the most out of this like natural, healthy rebellion that you have inside of you, like your inner rebel. So first I'm going to define self-sabotage as creating unnecessary problems for yourself, which interfere with your goal. So in this case, we're talking about your goal weight. So whether it's in your conscious awareness or not, you have a belief system about yourself and what you're capable of in terms of achieving that number. Probably based on your personal history of losing weight and things that you've heard, you have beliefs about what your goal weight should be, how long it will take you to get there, what it will take, and how hard it will be to get there. And you may think like I did that I had to like white knuckle my way through my cravings and urges to overeat, that I would have to accept just like being hungry all the time, being grumpy all the time to lose the weight that I wanted and stay at my ideal weight, stay at my goal weight because I had been like entrenched in diet culture. So always trying to eat less and exercise more. I thought that's how I needed to do it to lose weight. So if you can relate to any of that, then you probably have like a lot of doubt, frustration, and even dread associated with efforts to lose weight. And if this is the case, you may see your goal and your weight loss journey as a punishment for being overweight like I did. 
The effect of this is that you will self-sabotage. You will sabotage your goal. You do this enough times and this becomes a program in your brain and self-sabotage simply becomes a habit. So you set out to lose weight, you self-sabotage, repeat, but we can break this cycle. We can break this habit. It's completely within our control because it's a reaction to our emotions. So it's an action that we take, even though I know it seems like it's out of our control or that it's happening to us. It's not. There are three ways that we self-sabotage our weight loss that I'll talk about. First, we don't set a specific weight target. So we've had so many failed attempts at losing weight that we've lost confidence in ourselves and we don't want to even set a goal that we doubt can even happen for us. We don't want to feel the disappointment so we fail ahead of time by not going for it. So if this is you, I want you to think about that number. If you could pick any number with a magic wand, like if I could just wave a magic wand and you could just be that number, what would it be? Because no matter how many attempts you've had at going for it, it's possible for you when we solve for the root issues of why you were overeating in the first place. And we do that by taking a look at our thoughts, which this podcast is all about. So the second is that we procrastinate. We put off starting our plan until Monday or until after the holidays or until we get back from vacation. I know you can relate to this. We've all done it, but have you ever asked yourself why and then decided to fix the problem? The problem isn't that you're just not committed enough or you're just a glutton for food or something. Not at all. Our brains have been playing that same diet mentality, the all or nothing thinking for so long, it seems inevitable. It doesn't seem like an option. I want to offer that you can give up the all or nothing thinking right now in this minute, notice it and just let it go. And it's so much easier to do that when you have the right protocol. When we have the right protocol that isn't a diet, that isn't super, super restrictive, it's okay if we're uncomfortable at times, like that's part of it, but it really shouldn't be unbearable because that's not going to be sustainable either, right? And when you become fat adapted, you become a fat burner versus a sugar burner, it becomes much easier to stay on your protocol because your body doesn't need a constant hit of glucose for energy. Okay, secondly, another reason we procrastinate is that we think it's going to take a long time. So there's no urgency. It can sound like a nice thought, actually. Our brain serves it up and it's like, I know it's going to take a long time, right? It kind of sounds like we're being patient, but be clear about whether you're being patient or you're letting yourself off the hook of feeling any kind of discomfort whatsoever, emotional, physical discomfort, anything like that when you start your protocol. And the last way we procrastinate will be very familiar to you. It's going off your protocol regularly. So it might seem small, but little things like an unplanned exception serving like an extra glass of wine or getting in the habit of an extra afternoon snack when it's not on your plan, those little things really add up. So if you really want them, then that's totally fine. Change up your protocol 24 hours in advance and make the change. But I want you to get in the habit of creating a plan and then not having to think about it. This gets us out of like the mind drama of like, hmm, should we have a snack? Should we have that? Should we not? Like, what should we do? And then you're thinking about food all the time. That's not what we want. 
And we're humans, things happen. Like today for me, for example, I didn't realize that we were so low on groceries and we actually didn't have the food I normally eat. So I went off my plan, (laughs) but it's not the end of the world, right? I know we'll go to the store tonight and have the foods I need for tomorrow. So something like that may have sent me into all or nothing thinking before. Something like, well, I went off my plan, so now I might as well forget the whole day and just go off completely, right? This is all or nothing thinking, and we really want to move away from that. Another time we have these like mini quits is when we think it's taking too long. So the weight isn't coming off fast enough. You see the scale go back up a pound or two and you think, well, this obviously isn't working. I'm going to have all the foods, (laughs) all the foods I really want to have today. I've created a rule for myself that if the scale goes up, it's not a big deal. And when it goes down, I get excited about it. You know, so that's a win-win. Now you may be like, well, I thought you say don't let the number dictate anything, but I've decided in advance what I'm going to think about it in a way that really serves me. So if it goes up and it feels like a big deal, or I start having mind drama, if I start having some negative thoughts about it, then I know I just have some extra thought work to do that day. So all of this, the lack of goal setting, the procrastination, and the mini quits become habitual over time. It's just how we do things. And we start to think it's our personality. We start to think it's us, but it doesn't have to be. It's just a habit or series of habits that we can break like any other. So let's talk about how to create a weight loss plan or protocol that you won't feel the need to rebel against. My baby just turned five months, so I'm researching about introducing foods for when he's six months old. And my dietitian told me about a woman who's an expert in feeding named Ellen Satter, Ellen with a Y. And I'll link to her in the show notes if you're curious about that or if you have an infant. She's created what's called the division of responsibility with feeding babies and toddlers. And it's been so fascinating to me to see that it really works the same with us as adults to feed ourselves. So let me tell you about this and then how it relates to you and how you can set yourself up to avoid sabotaging yourself. The division of responsibility goes like this. The parent is in charge of choosing when, where, and what the child will eat. And the child is in charge of if they'll eat and how much they'll have. Isn't that so interesting? The child, even if they are two years old, gets to decide how much they will eat. And it totally makes sense, right? If you give the child structure and personal agency, uh, they're going to develop a healthy relationship with food. So here's how you can create the same structure and personal agency. So that feeling of freedom for yourself, when you create your protocol, again, for those of you who are new to me, this is the way that you want to be eating. You decide in advance with your prefrontal cortex, your planning brain, what you will and won't eat when you'll be eating and where, like, are you okay with eating in front of the TV sometimes or the computer, even though you won't as much be able to notice the hunger cues that your body gives you? Or do you prefer being at the table for every single meal? You get to decide as an adult if you wanna make your meals a priority and set aside time or eat lunch while working, right? Totally up to you and what works for you. 
And you'll know based on how you feel, how you feel in your body, how you feel emotionally, and if you're losing weight. <laughs> like that's the ultimate thing, right? Like what does the scale say? If those aren't where you want them to be, it could be an indication that something needs to change. So this is you planning ahead as the parent and setting yourself up with a successful structure. She knows what foods she'll eat and what she won't and how frequently. Will it be two or three meals a day? Then in the moment during the meal, you get to be the child. So you decide if you'll eat at mealtime. You may not be hungry and that's totally fine. You can skip a meal. Um, Your body's totally going to be okay with that. You don't have to eat And very importantly, you decide how much you will eat based on your hunger cues and listening to your body while you eat. Another thing to think about are your exceptions to your protocol. You will know how many exceptions you need a week. Here's the deal though. Exceptions are one serving and they're planned 24 hours in advance. You can have as many as you want. And I think it's really important that you know that you are completely in charge here. You get to decide. If you feel great and the scale is going down, you know your plan is working. If you're having intense cravings, your energy is like really fluctuating during the day and you're not losing weight, then it's time to try something different. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about how we can make the most of our inner rebel. Let me tell you a story about when I worked with a coaching team who specialized in helping bodybuilders prep for body and fitness competitions like those those like really hardcore intense bikini competitions now I've never been interested in doing something like that nor will I ever will be like that's just not something for me personally but these guys had really impressive before and after photos right that was really convincing to me even of people who they considered lifestyle clients which I would be right so not going for a competition but just like have weight that they want to lose They clearly knew how to get the fat off. So how it worked is that they would give me the grams of macronutrients. So like how much protein, fat, and carbohydrates I would eat every day. And I would track it and weigh myself daily and send this to them at the end of the week, like in an Excel spreadsheet. So now if this sounds like a nightmare to you, (laughs) I totally get that. If you're a habitual overeater and you have to send in how much you eat daily to like two bodybuilding guys, (laughs) there's a lot of mind drama that can come up. I mean, I know a lot of like so-called normal eaters who are at their natural weight who wouldn't even feel comfortable sharing that kind of information with somebody. But anyhow, I was up for it. I was going to do whatever it took. So I started off being very precise and measuring every little thing and sending them in the accurate info. And sometimes I would be a bit over, but I would still send it in, you know, with the accurate numbers. But over time, I started to go off my plan more and more. And I really just felt too ashamed to share with them the real numbers, how much I was eating. So I think you can guess like where I'm going with this. I started lying on my weekly numbers. So not my finest hour for sure. And like, really, how were they going to help me when I wasn't even being honest about what was happening? I just kept telling myself every week, well, this week, you know, I'll get back on track. I'll stick to those numbers and I'll be truthful and I'll catch up eventually. Right. And every week I would get those numbers from them of like my budget of my macros. And it just never felt like it was high enough. Literally someone else, not me was telling me how much I could eat. Looking back now, that seems rather 
bizarre and kind of insane to me, <laughs> but I'm sure you've tried some pretty wild things to lose weight too. So I know I'm not alone here and that's definitely not the craziest thing that I've done anyway. So of course I wanted to rebel, right? I believe that we have an innate healthy desire for freedom. And when something threatens that, even if it's ourselves handing over our decision-making power to someone else, we will inevitably feel disempowered and a lack of freedom to restore the balance, to get our freedom back. We will rebel. So there are four ways to nurture this part of you, this natural, healthy inner rebel that you have. And for reference, I've created a handout with all of the main points of everything I've talked about in this episode, and you can find that and all of my free resources on my website at mindfulshape.com resources. And I'll link to it in the show notes for you as well. I want you to think back to the last time you felt rebellious about your weight loss plan. Maybe that was a few days ago, last night, or maybe even this morning. If you can, I want you to identify what you were thinking at the time about your plan and about yourself. What thoughts and feelings were you having that caused you to make little quits to go off your plan or to decide to start all over down the road? Like just give up on it and say, I'm going to start again on Monday. And I want you to think about what do you need to think or do differently to prevent this from happening again? I like to use what I call anchor thoughts, like I'm responsible, I'm in charge, something like that. Like it's just kind of like a sentence that's a go-to in your brain when you're feeling kind of fuzzy and you're kind of feeling wobbly. Or another one that's really helpful is not even this can get in my way. Or this can be a great time to use the urge jar. And if you're not familiar with how to manage urges and using the urge jar, then check out the PDF handout I made again on my free resources page on my website. Um, that's mindfulshape.com. Now, next, I want you to look deeper. What are you rebelling against? Some of us have this idea that society can't tell us what to eat, right? That we won't adhere to the impossible beauty standard and an insane consumer-driven beauty industry. You get to have any opinion you want on that, but it doesn't mean that you get to overeat without gaining weight, right? I personally feel it's important to have all like shapes, sizes, colors held up as examples of beauty. And I also choose to believe that you can hold that while eating responsibly and not overeating. Or maybe there's a person that you're secretly rebelling against, like a parent who put you on a diet when you were like 12, or some crude comment that someone made one time about your weight. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe there's just someone from your past and you're like holding a grudge and maybe you just need to let go of that for your own well-being. Just get curious about that. It's important to listen to your inner rebel. She has a voice too, and it will be heard one way or another. So find out what she needs. Does she need more adventure? Are you taking enough healthy risk? Like say you have a dream of selling your art, but you're afraid. Putting yourself out there is considered a healthy risk. It's your emotional safety that's in jeopardy, not your physical safety. I want you to notice if you are getting any kind of thrill by sneaking food that's off your plan or sneaking food when your partner or family isn't around. If this is happening, it indicates that you just need some more excitement in your life. And right now you're getting it through food. 
when you listen, you can also decipher whether you need to practice fierce or tender compassion. So this is borrowed from Dr. Kristen Neff, who has recently come out with a book called Fierce Compassion. And I actually haven't read it, but I listened to an interview that she gave on this podcast called Therapy Chat, uh, which I'd recommend. And of course, I'll link it in the show notes. And if you notice your brain telling you things like, this one time won't make a difference. (laughs) You know, I can just make this little quit. Um, That's a good example of when you can call upon fierce compassion to help you. Dr. Neff's definition of fierce compassion is taking action to alleviate suffering like a mama bear would. So I want you to be your own mama bear when your brain tries to derail you. The other type of self-compassion is tender compassion in which we be with ourselves in a really like loving and accepting way. You may need to practice this when your brain says, you know, you've had a hard day, you deserve a treat. We can find other ways of taking care of ourselves after a hard day without food. And lastly, and I think this might be my favorite, (laughs) it's supporting your inner rebel. Now, the definition of a rebel is someone who does not obey rules or accept normal standards of behavior. And think about what the normal standards of behavior are when it comes to eating in Western culture. In Canada, uh, which is where I live, according to Statistics Canada, in 2018, in their census data, 63% of the population were either overweight or obese. In the U.S., it's 74%, according to the CDC. It's actually like a bit hard for me to believe that. Can you imagine? 74%. And 20% of teenagers are obese, which just like really breaks my heart. Listen, you are not only learning how to manage your brain and lose weight to fit into your genes. Look at how many people need to see what is possible for them too. So you are that example of what is possible. So all of this to say eating responsibly, eating according to your own protocol is being very rebellious. (laughs) It's completely going against normal standards of behavior. Most people overeat, not only on the weekends and the holidays, but on a daily basis. Most people eat sugar and flour as part of their day-to-day diet. So if you're managing your brain and not overeating, you are already a rebel. But what if it's better than that even? What if you could get a thrill out of saying no to dessert? (laughs) What if you got a bit of a high from keeping your commitment to yourself, going against what your friends, family, colleagues expect of you? And if that were true, how would it impact not just your food and weight, but like all aspects of your life? Okay, thanks for listening. If what I talked about today resonated with you and you are curious about coaching and you're not too sure what it's about or you just know it's time to take a different approach to your weight loss struggle, take the leap of faith and just set up a call with me to see if it's in fact the next step for you. I want you to reach your goal weight. I want you to choose that number and go for it. I don't want you or anyone to have to struggle needlessly. There's just no need. And I'll mention it once more. If you want free uh, resources, access to all of my worksheets, go to mindfulshape.com forward slash resources. Okay. Talk to you next time.